0: The exhibition, Proof of Sovereignty, was put together in partnership with Lady Phoenix, one of the most respected voices in the new media landscape today. The sale of 19 unique NFTs realized a combined total of USD $1 million with buyers from Asia, Europe, and United States. Christie's also noted that more than 60% of the bidders were new to the auction house. So aside from that high point in her career, Lady Phoenix has a lot going on and a lot to say. And I wanted to connect with her. And the next episode is me in conversation with Lady Phoenix. And what an interesting conversation it was. Here today on the White Hot Magazine Art World Podcast, I'm your host, Noah Becker. I'm honoured to have uh, Lady Phoenix on today. Is that the way you pronounce your name?
1: Yep, Noah. Lady Phoenix.
0: Great. I never know because people have their own way of doing things. Um, I had some questions for you uh, because I've heard a lot about you from different people. And um, one of the things that I was... uh, curious about is what is your mission? Um, maybe tell people a little bit about what it is here you do and your mission.
1: That's a really good question. My mission is essentially add more freedom and sovereignty and enjoyment to the lives of all humans through the vehicle of art and artists and their practice. Um, I think that when the most creative people on the planet um, are acting in sovereignty, or their their practice and the way they live their—I'm not going to say they live their life—that's too existential. But when their practice is rooted in sovereignty, then it, it lends or gives permission for more sovereignty to people who observe the fruit of their practice. Um, in short, free the artist, free the world. Is kind of my north star.
0: I see. And um, why have you dedicated? Most of your time to exploring and supporting artists in this kind of way,
1: because I think that you know, from my observation and experience, artists inspire the entire world. There's nothing that exists that's been created um, that doesn't have an artist designer, you know, behind it. And so, I'm not somebody who's I believe I believe in. We we need to. Uh, I'm trying not to sound like you know a, a granola, you know hemp wearing Birkenstocks <laughs> hippie, right? Um, with like daisies in my pocket. But right. essentially, I do believe. And I was on. I was in a clubhouse with Hans Zimmer and Thank You X. They have a drop on Phillips um, auction mm-hmm. that closed today, and Hans said that he said to to Thank You X uh, Ryan, who's a friend of mine. Um, art is going to save the... or no? Ryan said. Ryan said, um, "Love is going to save the world." He had it written down somewhere. And Hans, you know, unrelated, said to him, "Art is going to save the world." And he put that phrase in in their collaboration, one of their works. And I believe that. And by save, um, I don't mean kind of like the the stereotypical kind of like Jesus Christ savior, like a one guy is going to come down off a mountain or his thrown in heaven and save the world I mean like each of us each of our efforts every day um will do that and I think artists lend a lot of their energy and power and ability to people's creative and manifestation process whenever they create and make art and share that with others whether that be the amazing you know cupcake maker in your neighborhood Mm. um the guy who's the janitor in your school who makes you know the way he or she cleans the the building um, with such care and creativity. I mean, you can find creativity in anything, and you can. For me, when it's art, it's uh, there's a feeling there, and there's tons of um, the world is filled with people who add more meaning because of the way they create and move about in the world. And for me, I want to be next to those people. I want to support those people. I want to elevate um, what they're doing, um, and as much as I can. Right And for me, when you, again, free up the the inspired, um, you can can really make change. I mean, we've been living on this planet for, I don't know, a really long time. And for at least the last 400 years, it's been a bit dodgy (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, in the States in particular, pretty much all over the planet. It's been a little dodgy. And I Mm. think that we are not I think I fundamentally believe um, and have a conviction that the next 400 years of human existence uh, can can be a 180 to Mm. the blemishes uh, of the past 400 years of that record. And Mm. I believe that the people or individuals that will lead us into a brighter 400 years Mm. are the most creative on this planet. You know,
0: Mm. so before I I go and ask before I ask the the next question that I wanted to know. I just wanted to tell you how amazed I am that there that there was something with Hans Han Zimmer. He he does mostly movie soundtracks, right?
1: That's correct. And he and Think UX, yeah, partnered. And it, and again, about manifestation, this had been a dream of Ryan's for a really long time to work with Hans Zimmer and he manifested that. And, and
0: had- so this was through Christie's?
1: No, through Phillips Auction House. Oh, through uh, yeah, through their uh, excuse me, specialist there named Rebecca Bowling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Rebecca Bowling, yeah, and, and through, what uh, was
0: your involvement in it? You were just seeing it happen, or?
1: Oh, I'm I'm Ryan's friend, so I'm I'm um, somebody who's you know putting a little wind beneath his wings, you know, someone encouraging mm-hmm. him, someone holding space for his brilliance to continue to develop as a friend. That's yeah, great. his manager at UTA, a woman called Leslie Silverman, made that uh, connection and helped the collaboration to develop.
0: Right. With another her, person. Her sister, yeah. Jessica Silverman, used to write for my magazine way back. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, she's mm-hmm. a gallerist in San Francisco.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Nice connection. Yeah. I, love no, that.
0: I know. Uh, great gallery. Um, mm-hmm. Who? So, who are some of your favorite artists?
1: Mm. It's like saying, "Who's your favorite child?" Right. Um, <laughs> I don't have a favorite artist. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably. Uh, God is my favorite artist. Mm. That's who my favorite artist is. You look at mm. on this world, and there's like you don't know how any of this like exists. I mean, science can try to explain it away, but when you get down to the core, core of how you know the sea knows its boundary with the sand right? How the sun knows to go down to give um, space and, and room for the moon to come up. It's crazy. We don't really know. We don't really know how we're just like hanging out in space like this. I don't know, like all the sexy like science words and the sexy nonprofit words used to describe human existence. Cool. But when you really, really break it down, we don't know how any of us actually got here. And I don't believe I morphed from a primate uh to this gorgeous human being that I am I don't believe that I don't believe I came from monkeys and so I might be losing a few friends having said that but you know whatever that's a theory Mm. um so I don't believe I came from monkeys but I don't know how else I got here I mean I probably came from the Pleiades or like Orion's belt um but I'm not sure how to get back home in that Mm. regard so this earth is my home now and you know this is the place that i love and want to protect and the other earthlings whom i share this planet with want to see them well and as in as much as i have the power to do that to contribute to wellness for all of humanity that's what i'm doing my shield and my sword in that regard is art and creativity
0: did you go to art school
1: i didn't i actually didn't complete school i tried and tried but you know, just sitting there. It's like I've been sitting here in the same position for 16 years. It's like, come on, guys, you know. And then you have to go off to college and do it for another. Yeah, I mm-hmm. tried, I think I did like a year or two of, of college kind of combined, um, going and dropping out, going and dropping out. And I just decided, you know, this whole thing is about what? Doing what you love and making money. Let me figure out how to do that um, with self study and you know, right. chasing my bliss and the things that I'm interested in.
0: So you got, you curated, um, I don't have your entire resume in front of me, but I have researched you a little bit. You curated something at Christie's.
1: Proof of sovereignty. Yeah. It was Christie's first, uh, curated NFT show.
0: What was it exhibition, called? Oxen. Proof of sovereignty. Proof of sovereignty. And was this yeah. a, a group show of a bunch of artists?
1: Yeah, you could say that. Um, we had about, we had 18 lots, everyone from Nam June to Jenny Holzer to Oris Fisher to um, Leah something, to a woman called Aurea who lives in Rome, to mm-hmm. Keshe, to Gentleman Lance King, Tammy Gothill. We had um, I X Shells, Josie Bellini, I mean the list, I could go, I could go
0: on. Sounds and on. like art world people and some Crypto um, and digital art people kind of yeah. in the same zone.
1: Yeah, like T. Monk and Josh Davis and Ash Thorpe. We had um, we in my mind, all of these guys are rock stars. All of these uh, fine humans are rock stars. And you asked earlier, besides God the Creator, who was my favorite artist? Uh, this lot of eighteen would be my favorite, including fashion house Gucci. Um, in that 18, so yeah, I think that each of those, you know, each of each of the 18 are doing phenomenal work, um, and it was an honor to present them at, mm. at Christie's.
0: Yeah. And do you mint? Have you minted things or collected any works yourself? I
1: I have minted and collected. I don't. Uh, co- I have one wallet that's semi-public because I purchased a .eth address, and when you do so. Um, you can look in the wallet and see who it belongs to. I purchased my name and the name of my company, Universe Contemporary, and the name of my original gallery, which a lot of people know me by, which is Yes Universe. So I purchased YesUniverse.eth and .crypto. I purchased UniverseContemporary.eth and .crypto.
0: And what is the origin of your your name, Lady Phoenix?
1: Phoenix is my middle name, and I would say Lady is my handle, so to speak. My grandmother would always tell me, put a handle on your name so that when you move about in the world, people understand how to treat you. And so I think that by leading with respect, Mr. Miss Lady Sir, um, people understand what it is and they don't get the energy wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to, I feel like I approach people and situations with respect, but I can't assume or expect that others do the same, and so I make it easy for them by uh, saying Lady Phoenix.
0: Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, ask you if you felt a a connection to the traditional art world or a disconnection, but it sounds like you're kind of involved in both simultaneously from the the way you described that exhibition that you put together.
1: Yeah, I think that I'm involved in a third kind of art world that's emerging, Um, one that doesn't um, discriminate, and one that focuses on unity, and that was the purpose of that show, regardless of if they are what they call the legacy art space, in the quote traditional art world, because digital art is also traditional. <laughs> you mm. know, people are behaving as if digital art popped up, you know, in twenty twenty or in twenty eighteen or in twenty seventeen, right? Mm. With CryptoKitties, digital art has been around for sixty plus years. Or longer, Maybe we should, right? let's
0: coin a new phrase, a new movement here called tradigital.
1: <laughs> I like that. Tradigital. What do you think?
0: <laughs> if it, if like it's that. ever used by anybody, let it be known Yours. that you and I invented it.
1: Well, actually right you here. did, my friend. You technically invented traditional. I know, tradigital. but it's like,
0: I know, it's. but you know, somebody has to witness it. Otherwise, true. it doesn't exist. Very true. You could say that about art there's always the first person to see it beyond the artist okay so um i'm so excited that you're here i've heard so much about you um i know that sounds really fake what i just said but i i actually have been following what you're doing, what you're doing. no judgment
1: no okay judgment. good
0: good good so there's
1: a little crackling though in the phone i don't know oh, if yeah. it's the headphones or yeah it's a little um crackling I don't know if it's on I'm using AirPods, but I did oh no you sound
0: this. you sound fine um okay yeah like no, it's um I mean you're fine the crackling is um the energy that comes off of my body um you're so high
1: you're high vibrating being I exactly
0: like. exactly um are there some people that you feel have kind of been instrumental in what you're doing along the way, so to speak.
1: Yeah. You've seen other people who have like, have are there people me?
0: you feel have really helped you get, get places or open doors or just mm-hmm.
1: yeah, there's, you know, um, Part of me feels like everybody I meet has helped me, but that's not actually true. There's been people I've met in the art world who's who've literally tried to block me. Really? So, but mm-hmm, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> and why do you think they would try and do that? Just out of com- competitiveness and self-preservation. I
1: think yes, competitiveness, self-preservation. Um, and just being in a place where they just can't see, you know, they're in a place of of no sight, so they don't right. fully get what I'm about. And also I'm a little different, you know, I'm quote, unique, end quote, right? right? So sometimes unorthodox presenting people, unorthodox sounding people, unorthodox neurodivergent people can right. create um, you know, fear for people.
0: I know I sounded earlier, like a few minutes ago, I sounded a little bit, almost like I was mocking your spirituality, but in actual fact, you know, I do, I'm i a Buddhist and I, I do Buddhist chanting. So I'm not like nice. entirely disconnected from just kind of um, the feeling of trying to connect in that way. It's yeah, been, I mean- a long topic.
1: It's a very long topic. We should have a part two on that, on the
0: intersection of art and spirituality,
1: Um, art and philosophy. Here's the thing, you know, what's meant for me will be for me. No one can block. And this is why no one can block successfully. And this is why I say to you, everyone I've met along the way has been extremely helpful. Um, On my last, uh, you know, with the Christie's exhibition in particular, a person called uh, Jehan Chu, who used to work at Sotheby's and Christie's. Um, he was very helpful, very kind, um, I asked a few questions, he was able to give me insight and very welcoming. Um, someone else who was extremely helpful was uh, Regina um, Harshani. She's I, I love Regina so much, she's so brilliant and um, authentic and honest. and uh, you know she gives me a lot of hope and so she worked with me to do all of the documentation for proof of sovereignty and we're you know more things are coming out around this you know but what we essentially did was demonstrated how artists could uh, be completely sovereign in their path you know and um, the most surprising lesson learned with proof of sovereignty is that not artists want sovereignty and sovereignty looks really different to people um, and that wasn't the surprising part, but for the surprising part was that some artists consider what I would think um, a path of non sovereignty, they consider that sovereignty and so sovereignty in degrees, I guess, is what I needed to make room for. Um, I'm a, I'm a person who loves life full strength, you know, and full flavored. And so um, it, was, it was interesting for me to witness and hold space for the varying degrees of sovereignty that people chose for themselves. And for me, the challenge was being okay when their version of sovereignty or their idea of sovereignty didn't necessarily fit my full strength version from mm. both an institutional perspective, but also like a art market perspective. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah. I like that because I always say that there's a certain personal philosophy or mandate behind the whole thing. People are always asking me how I got to such a high level as an artist or or as publishing about art, the things that I do because I'm an artist and I also publish an art magazine. And it's, you know, there's a lot of personal philosophy. it was kind of like a mission statement behind it,
1: in a certain way. Right. Again, that's that that's for our part two. I, I definitely think we should have a,
0: a part mm. two, Noah, a, a talking kind of like about those, a, like a how to.
1: Yeah, like how like how do you really uh, combine those two things? And I mean, sometimes, you know, it it can feel like there isn't a place for that, right? It can feel like it's an either or, mm-hmm. rather than a both and.
0: Right. Um, so in that sense, um, I wanted to ask you what you would consider revolutionary.
1: Hmm. The, the greatest thing that I consider revolutionary is love. <laughs> because, you know, love is a choice. You have to make a choice every single day to love something or someone, specifically the someone. Um, I also find forgiveness to be quite revolutionary because in forgiveness... You remove, I'll say for myself, let me speak from the eye. I've been practicing that more for myself. When I forgive someone, it means that I don't hold a record of wrongs. Clearly, I understand what happened. I'm moving forward having gotten the jewels and the lessons and the wisdom presented in what happened, right? Because usually, when you have to forgive someone, there was an offense, and so. The the, for me, the energy and the vehicle through which I was able to practice forgiveness was the vehicle of love. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, love is the most revolutionary, most healing, most powerful energy and demonstration. Period. I think that there is a loving, loving energies that keep our planet or our assimilation, depending on who you're speaking to, Mm -hmm. um, going right. yeah, I think mm-hmm. that the lack of love is what presents um, a lack of understanding, which creates problems mm-hmm. for us as a as a human family, as a human collective. And there are varying degrees of love, as I you know alluded to about the sovereignty. I think that they are the, on the same spectrum. I think they're just different um, poles. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So would you continuum. say that this is how you maintain the rhythm of things against the constant influx of information? 100%. 100%. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Okay. If you could build a tool for creative exploration, what would it be, and
1: why? Hmm. well, let me volley that back to you for a moment, uh, Noah. What would your tool be? I'm, I want to better understand the question um by hearing your answer because i'm i'm not sure uh what you mean by tool well, for exploration I think Is it right something physical? Now,
0: no i think i think at least in the way that i think about it i think about it in terms of like the way that these billionaires are building these spaceships to go to space and how there could be something like less idiotic than that put together What do you think of that whole thing? Do you think that there's a better better thing for all of this money to be spent on for the betterment of humanity than like interplanetary uh, travel?
1: Naturally, yes. (laughs) I wouldn't want to leave this place and take the same issues elsewhere. It's like someone who has lice asking if they can borrow your hat you know, and um, I don't, I don't want them taking life into space. Hmm. Right. And so, you know, I, Hmm.
0: this is a, how political do you want this? (laughs) No, no, no. I I didn't want to go full political. I just, you know, in, in the news, there's been um, a lot of sort of Dr. Evil style, giant spaceship building and blasting off and spending money in different ways. I just, I thought that maybe we could think of a different way of spending a lot of, not necessarily even money. I mean, maybe you could make something where, I mean, look at something like fire or look at some, you know, just the simplest things are not are revolutionary without spending $20 billion.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com specialoffer special all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. For me, if I were to make a tool that I feel could help all of humanity, I would make, uh, you know, just keeping it like hyper contextual and relevant to where we are, right? You and I are speaking over Zoom. So for me, and I'm sure this is coming, but I want it to to come in a way that doesn't look like basic income, basic universal income. Mm. I love it that um, the platforms such as the trillion dollar, billion dollar platforms um, that we use would be more, um, I guess, of a, a profit sharing model, not from the sense of like, investment and all of that mm. but if i'm going to be if i'm going to digital shop uh digital uh if i'm going to be a digital uh sharecropper
0: mm.
1: right mm. i want to receive my 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 fair yield right for the energy and efforts that i put in mm. and most all of us who use these platforms are digital sharecroppers we aren't receiving our fair our fair yield. Right. No one's no one's really making money from their presence online. And I'm not talking influencers because that's a whole other thing. And most of that is a scam. But I'm talking about, you know, Mary Jane poster picture of, you know, her artwork. Mary Jane's artwork goes viral. Mary Jane gets nothing but maybe a news article, maybe a magazine write up, maybe a blog post, maybe, you know, you know, what Mary Jane put out and created for the platform isn't, isn't, it's not a reciprocal relationship. And so the tool I would create will allow all of us to be farmers uh, and not digital sh- sharecroppers.
0: Not enslaved to corporations that are running giant platforms where you're kind of, um, Yeah, like where they use things like computer gaming and other algorithms to sort of get you addicted in the same way that like companies that produce cigarettes have addictive chemicals.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like to under the tool, the tool that I would create would be twofold. Um, I would create a tool, a a non-bamboozling tool. This tool would um, prevent people from being bamboozled so that they couldn't have the wool pulled over their eyes that would be the one tool and it's just everybody has to be on the up and up you know it's like okay you want me to do this thing sweet i'll do it i'm going to post my my art i'm going to post whatever to these social platforms help me to be rewarded in the same way you are like you know billion dollar companies off the backs of of everyday humans just trying to share their their lives and connect that you know the promise was connection but what we got was was sharecropping
0: mm-hmm.
1: right well i've always so found
0: that, it interesting in the art world how strange the bedfellows can be in a certain way because on the one hand artists have a tendency to be very for the environment and for um, a kind of What a, are
1: you doing back there ma what are you doing what are you oh, building it's a
0: me? it's a it's a whole uh, it's a whole um office and um it's a it's a long story. I'm building a rocket ship basically.
1: Nice. I wanted to get.
0: I'm I'm building a, a very small spacecraft that uh, yeah. Um anyways, I was getting off topic, but the art world is is a complicated series of personalities and collectors and different people. And one thing that I thought was interesting about the crypto space is that it changed the, the dynamic considerably. But had a lot of the same artists and a lot of the a lot of similar um, interactions in a way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, it has the the traditional art world um, is full of a lot of unfortunate personalities. <laughs> Actually, um, because a lot of people are quite crabby in the traditional art world. Um, I For found. good reason, lot...
0: though. I mean, I yeah? understand. Yeah, I understand why after after being involved with everybody for so many years, I understand, I can understand why. It's just kind of a breath of fresh air to engage with a community that sort of, and kind of weave that tapestry together with the art world in a certain way, um, where people are excited about um, some pioneering aspects going on. I'd like to see more pioneering more things happening in a pioneering sense in the art world, in the traditional art world. But I also feel like the traditional art world has has become very um, corporate in a certain way.
1: Right, so. yes, it is corporate. Um, and, and, and that's the unfortunate part. Those are the unfortunate personalities that can't see beyond the, you know, kind of corporate veneer of, of everything. Right. right. Right, so.
0: Yeah, so it's a complicated ongoing, story but i haven't been as excited uh so excited as i have been lately i've been really excited about all of the different people that i've been able to meet through the nft space and um, and also have a chance to introduce people to to some of them because a lot of the people that follow me and listen to what i present are not necessarily nft space people so
1: um, yeah, I think that the traditional art world um, sees what's what's going on, especially in, you know, COVID, right? When everyone was a captive right. audience. Um, Clubhouse popped up and um, I got on Clubhouse and started talking about NFTs and then boom, the, the whole Clubhouse is NFTs now, you know? Right. And um, people from the traditional art world were just like, what is going on? Why, what's bubbling over there on on clubhouse why is everyone talking about nfts
0: Um, and
1: what's this community about and yeah i think it's you know i mean there are some things that are not so good right we don't want you know 10 years from now people to look back on this conversation and think that you know nfts were some sort of like a savior for for art it's not um but what's great about the nft space is the community that you know and that's that's what you pointed out and that's what a lot of people from the traditional art world um understand and love um it's the people the people make it great the art is cool too right some of it some of it is some of some of it is not cool but that's the same in the traditional art world well one of the things that happened in the
0: traditional art world is a lot of mid-range galleries closed because the, the the bigger galleries became more um, kind of a combination of a bunch of different art dealers and directors that were just kind of brought into the bigger galleries. And it almost became like, well, like every gallery was like a Walmart or a Kmart or something. Um, and so that kind of killed the sort of uh, interesting, bubbling, cultural uh, Mecca of the mid career artist. And I'm I'm seeing that kind of come back in the NFT space um, with a lot of artists that I'm already acquainted with. So I just wanted to express to you that that was sort of exciting. me.
1: I'm happy you did. I'm curious to know who are some of your favorite artists um, and do you, is there an artist that you would really love to see enter the NFT space and why? Um, So maybe that's three questions, but yeah, who are your favorite artists? of of those favorites who would you right. like to see enter the nft well space? So,
0: some of them are are not living artists so if they were to enter the nft space it would be by through their estate so that would be fairly unlikely um why
1: is that warhol well, estate entered the nft space
0: yes actually I had namjoon
1: convers- pike entered mm,
0: right i had a conversation about that warhol thing with coldy and giselle flores yesterday
1: um oh awesome i love yeah. coldie and giselle yeah. they're great
0: yeah yeah they were actually you're they were the podcast before this one um yeah i guess that's true It could be i like what urs fisher is doing with nfts i think that's quite interesting um i've always liked his work i guess you're familiar with his work
1: Oh yeah I know ors of course yeah uh, who isn't, isn't familiar with that guy right
0: <laughs> Yeah that work where it's like the like a, it'll be like a floating diamond like going through like some other like that chaos series that he's been doing yeah cool. I actually
1: did um, Ores Fisher's drop party so I'm very oh. familiar with ors and he's working with Loic, um, who's formerly of Christie's. Uh, and Louis has a platform called Fair Warning. Right. So they're working together with um, Maker's Place, shout out to Aisha and Danny and the crew, um, working with Maker's Place to drop his NFTs.
0: Hmm. And uh, there's, who else? Well, I've always been a big fan of Francis Bacon, but I couldn't imagine how Francis Bacon could, could be in the NFT space. I'm sure it'd be possible
1: everything's possible and that would be so cool
0: (laughs) that would be interesting wouldn't it yeah Um, it would I really uh I really like um I really like a lot of historical artists and old masters and and that kind of kind of thing and I I was talking Kenny Schachter if you're familiar with him was uh, Mm -hmm. he was on this podcast a few episodes ago um and I was telling him how much. I admire his interaction with the artist Paul Tech. Um, If you're familiar with Paul Tech.
1: uh, Not that familiar with Paul, no. T-H-E-K.
0: Paul, Paul Tech is worth looking into a painter and sculptor. And um, there's a few other artists. I mean, I've always been a a big uh, fan of Basquiat and um, Warhol, you know, like just the sort of a lot of the bigger names I've, I've followed for years, old masters and different things like that. Um, and current artists, I mean, I have been following uh, IX Shells, I really enjoy her work. And um, there's an artist I was working with uh, by the name of Mombert, who's Jason Mombert, who's quite good, fairly new to to everything. And uh, I'm also making NFTs of my paintings and magazine covers as well you well, especially well what I,
1: I wanted to know from you is um how do you so who do you think are the new masters because you mentioned that you like the old masters so who mm-hmm. are the new masters you mentioned mombert that's cool right. I, I was typing and looking him up and then you said paul is it t h c k what was it again t h k e k e k that's what it is paul tech oh, paul tech that makes sense i like more sense. my own
0: work my own work has been very well received I love never... that you said that.
1: I've never <laughs> seen it. I'm, oh. I'm I'm never seen it. I would love for you to send me some links or tell me where yeah. I can find them, actually, so uh, that well, other people listening to this podcast. Can oh yes,
0: I'm on Instagram and uh, I rarely talk about myself, but uh, I'm on Instagram and um, I am on Twitter. And you can see a lot of work on Instagram. I have a lot of stuff on Instagram. Remember at Noah Instagram? Becker, at New York Becker.
1: At New York, Becker. Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, that old thing. (laughs) You know, it's a shame, you know, and I often think about this and like, if somebody from Instagram is listening to this, call me. Um, What's a shame is that um, Instagram was so well positioned to be the one to do the quote NFT thing, you know? They were so well positioned to do the thing Mm. and they didn't do it. And then when they did do it, they were said, this article came out in Forbes, so they were basically not wanting to pay artists for their for their feedback.
0: Well, that's the whole Facebook, I mean, that's owned by Facebook and, and their business model is kind of the, what you were talking about, about people being digital slaves to corporations. As much fun as I have on Facebook. And Sharecropping. Instagram. Right. I, just,
1: <laughs> I said digital right. sharecroppers. Right, right. <laughs> We're trying right. to uproot and, um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to end slavery here.
0: <laughs> all digital, of it. Human trafficking. Digital trapping, sharecropping. Digital yeah.
1: sharecropping, you know, all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. trying to
1: end all the things. I don't know so, if NFT will, will do that, but we're starting with NFTs. Right. We're starting with artists, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you have more stuff coming up at Christie's or Philips or
1: um not i don't have anything coming up but in um actually i do i i have some i have something coming up at sotheby's um yeah. it's maybe a solo show
0: of my paintings right
1: wow look at you i'm loving this <laughs> Nella. what you got you got all kind of
0: man uh, hey all, you're the one who was talking about manifest destiny
1: uh, hey no i'm with it i'm with <laughs> it i didn't well first of all when I, I didn't even know you were an artist so that was oh. something new for me
0: i guess i'm doing my job
1: well, the thing is, I, I consider you a publisher. That's what oh, I'm Yes,
0: like yes, mm-hmm. yes. This magazine is just slightly well-known. So Yeah, just mm-hmm. a little
1: bit. Only one or two people seem to know about it, but, you know, they have good things to say.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: no, actually, you're quite well-known. Um, yeah. And many people have great things to say about you. Well, so. you know,
0: a lot of people know that I'm an artist, but a lot of there's there's this other aspect to it where the brand that I created is much bigger than myself. And I don't always feel like controlling every aspect of how the collective consciousness receives what I've been doing over the last 16, 20, 30 years or whatever is being um, in my control Mm
1: -hmm. at all times. You can only control
0: so much of it.
1: Sure. Do you work with someone else or is it just you?
0: No, I have people that work with me now because there's just too much. to. I couldn't do it all on my own.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a so so interesting. So as a publisher who's been doing this for quite some time, um, how do you maintain the rhythm? Well, you have to understand
0: that if you're talking about Art Forum or Art in America or any of the major art magazines, which I, I love. Those are like what I'm doing is almost like the decentralized art magazine, like. Self-started, self-funded at first, and then, you know, not there. I don't have a corporate board of directors making decisions. I've I've brought it down to a team of people that that um, I work with. So, is that what your question was? Well,
1: yes. And um, how do you maintain the in, the rhythm of of things against the influx
0: well, of? right information is it your practice because that's what i asked you um now i'm uh, asking you
1: because you're an artist right i'm curious to know about your um,
0: what i've what i try to do at least in publishing is is like the warhol thing i'll be your mirror you know where it's like i want to reflect what's happening but i want to i want people that are interested in what's happening to reflect what's happening as opposed to me being the person who says this is interesting, you have to do that. This person Mm. is famous, that person isn't important. This person is good, that person is bad. I want that, I want it to be a reflection of the people that I work with and hopefully sophisticated people that I work with who can mirror something in a way that's not necessarily insider but isn't necessarily outsider either. Because you have to remember, when I started, people were, you know, if you were an artist and you were publishing, you were immediately just a blogger or an outsider or somebody who was trying to get attention. So it took a long time to actually kind of uh, be taken seriously to the point now where I've pretty well published all of the famous writers that I sort of admired before I got involved. But uh, lots of artists have a publishing practice or they curate or, uh, you know, they write books, memoirs. uh, You know, I could name all kinds of artists that have written about their own art or have written about other people's art. So.
1: I think you should actually, you said that you're, what you're doing is kind of like a decentralized art magazine. I think you should actually put your magazine um, on some of these decentralized platforms where you could earn ETH um, hmm. for your money, like mirror.com or mirror.xyz.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you can put it on there. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best ones for now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, Mira. You can,
0: X- maybe you can send me some links when we're off of this podcast or assist yeah. me in pointing me in the right direction.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of people now being paid for their essays and their writing. And um, I think that as time goes on, you know, in the next like two, three years, especially as DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations become more popular, um, you'll see more businesses, corporations um, acting more like communities under like DAO structures um, in, you know, decentralized unified ways and, I'm not sure now what you're like how you sell your magazine or what what the process is like for you but Mm -hmm. um, i'm not
0: sure either that makes two of us
1: (laughs) well it'd be cool to actually sell your magazine um or be like you know sort of establish yourself as the first decentralized art magazine right moving from the traditional space into the nft space kind of the way damien hearst right as a traditional (laughs) artist or a legacy artist is moving from that space into the NFT space, or Fisher, right? Blending Mm -hmm. his practice moving into the NFT space. I think that would be super cool.
0: I would love you to to point me in the right direction for that.
1: I'd be happy to do that.
0: That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, So uh, what do you have on the agenda this evening?
1: Uh well Friday evening I generally um about sunset sundown I take off I take off uh, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown Um, I jump work and I spend time with my family and then my workday starts again on Sunday so um, sunset here I'm in Northern California is uh, about eight o'clock and it's and it's nearing five o'clock now so I will do as much as I can these next uh, three hours or so two hours. So before um,
0: we go, is there something coming up that you're doing that you want people to know about? Yes.
1: Crypto Fashion Week 2021, September 2021, Crypto Fashion Week. Also, um, we're going to be curating the first NFT exhibition at ComplexCon. That's November 6th and 7th in Long Beach. That's coming up. Please join us and support us. We may be launching Crypto Beauty Week, but as I explained to you earlier, uh, these beauty brands and sort of like Actually, I don't know if I can even talk on that, so let me not right. speak on that. Crypto Fashion Week and Crypto Fashion Week, Crypto Beauty Week, and uh, Complex Con. Those are three events that you should look at. We'll have some uh, sprinkling of things uh, in between that we're doing with uh, brands, you know, but um, that's mm-hmm. about it. So Universe Contemporary is a is company I founded. Um, <clears throat> and more essentially, the premier crypto media company uh, that's shaping art and culture in the metaverse. And so as a result of that, um, we are, were able to have a lot of great conversations with folks from the individual artists to uh, big brands and corporations and such. And so, um, you know, we're doing our part, as I said, bringing it full circle to, to add more joy, basically more life, more more love and more power, meaning empowerment to humanity mm-hmm. through the vehicle of art, starting with artists. And, um, you know, when we speak to these brands and about working with artists, we're always advocating for artists to have the absolute best uh, fee and the absolute best representation, meaning like how that artist's work is represented out in the world um, and, you know, attach that campaign. So, um, yeah, little by little, I feel like at Universe Contemporary, we are changing the world and I encourage everyone to to join in that mission to Great. do what they to do what they do and uh, do it with joy because that changes the world.
0: Great. Well, it's been an honor speaking to you, and I hope we do a part two.
1: I'm looking forward to it actually, right. and we'll have a part three to talk about how you decentralized your magazine.
0: Right. Looking forward. Okay. Well, have a wonderful evening, and thanks again for joining. And we'll talk. I to appreciate
1: you, soon. you. Thank you All so right. much. Likewise. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye
0: bye. follow white hot magazine on the web at whitehotmagazine.com you can find us on foundation and you can follow noah becker's art at new york becker on instagram have a wonderful evening or afternoon or morning